0: Good evening, this is John Landis, your host for the Jam Session Radio Hour, and tonight we're bringing you another interesting session, very interesting, and this is uh, a discussion, talk back and forth between Fernando Valladere, who helps us so much with uh, what we do at the Jam Session Radio Hour, and Sammy Figueroa, one of his buddies. And uh, a great musician in and of himself. Both these guys, great percussion players. Sammy Figueroa uh, is recognized along as one of the world's leading percussionists. He's played with all kinds of people. I mean, David Bowie, Chaka Khan, Mariah Carey, Miles Davis. I mean, you name it. Quincy Jones, Sammy Ross, Sam, uh, sonny Rollins, George Benson. Uh, he has long played in New York, but most recently he's been in South Florida playing with musicians from all over the, the Latin world, uh, especially. Um, and uh, his band these days, I think, is Sammy Figueroa and his Latin Jazz Explosion. Um, uh, and a great guy you'll find in, his, in this interview that has been conducted by Fernando Valladere. Now, Fernando is someone who has helped us with the jam session and helps uh, Rafael Alvarez Put these together, and myself, and and Clayus uh, all the others. Um, but he's also a percussionist, uh, composer, um, arranger, producer. Uh, has been nominated for Latin Grammys for his for producer of the year, he, and he's also a jazz historian. I mean, he's just a wealth a wealth of knowledge. Um, and uh, he's uh, he early on played with the Latin uh, with a Venezuelan Venezuelan supergroup called Guaco and uh, also catch his radio program called from the beginning on various platforms we're so happy that fernando was able to put this interview together with his friend sammy figueroa sit back and enjoy it on the jam session radio hour hi
1: everyone and welcome to the jam session radio hour my name is fernando valladares and I'm so glad to present this beautiful conversation with one of the greatest musicians of all time and one of the most prominent percussion players in the history of recorded music. A man with an unique voice of his own instruments, a voice that has made him the leading percussionist in Latin jazz today. I'd like to welcome Sammy Figueroa. Sammy, welcome to the Jam Session Radio Hour.
2: Thank you so much, Fernando. I'm so happy to be here, and uh, I'm honored that you asked me to be part of this. I, uh, I love your playing as well, and I've been hearing you for many years, so I'm, I'm honored to be here.
1: Thank you, man. Thank you. It's, it's such a big happiness for me because finally we can talk about, you know, all of the histories that you have in your background. So why don't we start with the With that little Sammy growing up in Puerto Rico, you were born here right in New York City. I was born in the Bronx, yeah, yeah, in New York, yeah. and then you moved with your or your family moved right well, um
2: m- my family stayed i um my family sent me to Puerto Rico because in those days when I was growing up in the Bronx, this mm-hmm. is way pre rap, you know, didn't exist what existed okay. then were gangs you know oh, yeah. a lot of gangs every oh, na- yeah. every neighborhood had a had a gang and my mother my mother was really afraid for me being a child growing up in an area that was infested with gangs so she called my grandmother in Puerto Rico who is the, the mother of my my mm-hmm. father
0: mm-hmm.
2: and she said look can you take my son and keep him in Puerto Rico till we're able to go to Puerto Rico and get him but put them in school, it's going to be a while. And so my grandmother came from Puerto Rico uh, to New York, and she she fetched me. And uh, I was about nine years old, and uh, I got on a plane. I never flew in my life before. And I went to Puerto Rico, new territory, and we wound up living in La Calle Loisa, which is really the black neighborhood of of Puerto Rico, because oh, yeah. that's mm-hmm. where the Africans came 200 years ago and they wound up in Loisa. So Loisa was a prominently black area. My grandmother and my grandfather were black and, mm-hmm. uh, and my father was oh, yeah. a singer, my aunt yeah. was a singer. And so I wound up going to elementary school and, and you know I, I, I did everything that my, my grandfather you know uh, put me to do. I was very mm-hmm. happy there. My mm-hmm. grandparents were very loving, kind people. So they treated me fantastic, and they put me in school, and then I went to music school there, and uh, and I started playing trumpet. That's, that was my first instrument, and oh, yeah. and I bought you know they bought me a trumpet. I, I had a Selmer trumpet when I was a kid, and I was practicing. But uh, what happened was Fernando is that because the house where we were located. You know, my grandmother always left the windows open, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And and there was music coming from everywhere, you know, Latin music, jazz. There was everything and it was it was it was a really golden years in my life. I got to hear Coltijo y Sucombo, Combo, uh, Cal Jader, all of that stuff. And there was a radio station in, in Puerto Rico called W B I C and they played a lot of Cal Jader. So I grew up really listening to mongo and cal jader and willie bobo and all those guys and and then i was listening to miles davis so as a young young kid uh what can i do you know say my it was music everywhere and plus you know my father was a singer and my aunt was a singer i i never got to meet my father because he he died when i was very young so by the time i got to puerto rico he was already gone uh, he he oh. he died in New York. He was a he was a famous bolero singer in New York, and, yeah. he, and he was yeah. getting his name very big, very quickly. You know, but uh oh, yeah, but he, was, he, was that, it
1: uh, one of the reasons why he stayed in New York? I mean, we're talking about Charlie Figueroa, one of the greatest romantic singers. That was his specialty, right? Right,
2: right. He was a bolero singer and. Uh, and he went to New York for fame. No, I didn't even know him in New York because oh. um, I, I never got to meet him. Unfortunately, he lived. He was a real bohemian, Fernando. You know, he 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 lived in the nightclubs, the cigarette nightclubs, the drinking, mm. the hanging out. Mm. And he was young, so he he like wanted. It. He he lived a very fast life, you know. So uh, that's mm-hmm. why I didn't get to meet him because his interest was only that you know and he died very young he was like 35 years old Oh, okay
1: so we can say that your your first um influences in music were through that open window in your house yeah i
2: i guess i guess i could say that it was in my blood you know my dna Mm -hmm. because of my parents being you know singers and musicians you know that i and even though I didn't know that very well, I, I knew that I had an affinity towards music in an incredible way. I, I couldn't stop listening to music 24-7. Oh, of, course.
1: of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that growing up, um, we were talking about San Juan, Puerto Rico.
2: Yes, I uh, La Calle Luisa is is not an old San Juan. It, it's okay. it's in Santulce, you know, oh, and it's okay. more closer to Isla Verdes, you know.
1: Oh, yeah. I knew Isla Verde. So right, so it's me. before. Yeah.
2: It's before Isla Verde, and it's very close to the Candado area, you know. Oh, right. So, All right. So so it starts, you know, Calle Taft, and then it goes into La Calle Luisa, which which was incredible because you know Fernando, when I was When I was uh, 13 years old, 12 years old, my grandmother gave me $7, right? And she says, Mm -hmm. go around the block and go to the Teatro Grand. And and that was about seven blocks away from me. She trusted me, and she said, go over there and check out the group that's playing there. And it was in the afternoon, like 2 in the afternoon. So I went by myself. I was just a little kid, and she trusted me. And guess who was playing? It was Joe Cuba. And yeah. uh, and it was the first album. Lucky guy. <laughs> it was the first album they ever did, you know, ste- wow. stepping out and
1: stepping out. yeah, with Cha.
2: With mm-hmm. And Chao was brand new. Nobody really knew him. And yeah. so I sat in the middle of the, this little tiny theater that was about 300 people, 200, very little. and, and I saw this band and the oh, mo- man. oh man and the moment they hit the first note fernando i went completely nuts and and when chao opened his mouth and he was playing cowbell mm-hmm. you know while he was singing i i couldn't believe it i was like and i remember sitting next to a young couple and they they saw my awe you know my mouth open <laughs>
1: yeah
2: and the girl looked at me and says oh my god you're so excited i said i can't believe this yeah. band Stepping and that, out,
1: a la seis de la cita. A la seis you, de la cita. That was.
2: All of that, and I got to see that live for the first time. And they, they, Cheo lived in Puerto Rico, and the rest mm-hmm. of the guys, Joe Cuba, all those guys, Jimmy there, they lived in the Bronx, you know, mm-hmm. in my, my, my hometown. And so mm-hmm. that was that was the first group in my life as a kid that i saw live the great oh, joke. Oh yeah human. man.
1: That what a moment, right? It was an eye opener. Well in this case an an eye and right. yes, ear an opener, eye right? and
2: ear opener.
1: <laughs> yeah, but man, you were a very lucky kid, okay? I you was really
2: I didn't know then. I didn't know then. I guess you know I was I was young so mm-hmm. you know we we when you're a child, you know, we take a lot of things for granted, you yeah, know. Yeah. We, we
1: can say that you started as a the transition from the trumpet to the percussion was influenced by that or was it suggested by someone or how it was? Well, what
2: really touched me is when I heard Cal Jader.
1: Oh, okay.
2: And, and uh, he did an album called Sona Libre, right?
1: Ah, and, yeah.
2: and I remember hearing this guy playing congas on a, on a tune called Insight, right? that actually he wrote the conga player wrote it and oh,
1: uh, who was a and governor, that was the Garcia, great bill no. fitch Oh, bill
2: Bill fitch and when i heard bill i actually thought it was mongo but when mm-hmm. i read the liner notes it was bill fitch and i had, and i got so fascinated about this 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 gentleman that i was reading all about him there wasn't that much written about him but i knew that he was born and raised in boston and he went to berkeley and he was a composer Oh. And, and and so he was having a hard times because he was black in those days. It was very, very difficult, you know. And mm-hmm. uh and he composed that song for Cal Jader and he played the most prolific conga solo I have ever heard in my life. And that solo changed my whole life. It just changed me completely. It inspired me. And I said, I want to be like him. And by the way, after I saw, after I, after I heard that, mm. there was a show on TV in Puerto Rico from New York called Jazz Scene USA with Oscar Brown Jr. And that show was coming from Chicago. And Oscar was a poet and a singer. And he had a, a show where he had Herbie Hancock, Miles Davis, Lee Morgan, everybody. And in one of the shows, it was Cal Jader with Bill Fitch and i saw bill fitch playing a shaker with the left hand mm-hmm. right a shaker mm-hmm. and he played a solo with the right hand with a stick i never seen anything do <laughs> anybody do that and he was going chicka chicka and with the right hand he was playing a solo with a stick
1: so, and when, uh, so I, see, I, I couldn't this, believe I, it. I think it's a it's a, it's a common thing right now, but at that time it was Whoa. revolutionary, It was right, revolutionary. Right? And it yeah, was wasn't the, the straight, you know, tumbao of congas. Uh, he was playing in that right? oh, place. In one place.
2: No, not at all. And <laughs> as a matter of fact, they were playing Manya de Carnaval, which was uh-huh. written by Luis Bonfá. Luis
1: Bonfá.
2: And then I remember bill being such an original guy and then i saw him play the solo on insight which my eyes just came out of my socket and i said i want to be him i want to be like bill fitch and it's interesting because even though i love mongo and all those guys it was bill fitch who inspired me to be a percussionist
0: listening to WLIW, 88.3 FM in Southampton, New York. Also heard on WLIW.org slash radio. This is the Jam Session Radio Hour. Tonight we're carrying you a, an interview of Fernando Viedetes of Sammy Figueroa, both illustrious percussionists, so they know what they're talking about.
2: So he was my hero. And, and after that, you know, he did another album with Cal and then No More Bill. And, uh,
1: oh, yeah.
2: And so I guess after that, Fernando, you know, of course I went to school and all that and
0: mm-hmm. and
2: everything was, was really cool. And as mm-hmm. I got older and older, you know, um, my mother came from New York finally after six years. Mm-hmm. You know, I would talk to my mother on the phone, but... I didn't see her for six years. I was already in school and doing, you know, great. And then my mother came, and she fetched me, and we and we moved to a place called Bayamón in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and then when I was living in Bayamón with my mother and my stepfather, um, um, I started meeting kids around the neighborhood, you know,
1: okay.
2: and they were musicians, you know, some of them. And I we became good friends. And then when I was about fifteen, we had these little silver tone amplifiers, you know the the, the old <laughs>
1: yeah. the
2: old rock and roll, you know the Ventures, right. you know the type. The Ventures, right? <laughs> you remember? And so we we one day we were practicing, you know, for about three months playing cover tunes, right? You know, like everybody else's tunes
1: everybody else is doing,
2: yes. you know and so that my friend says to me hey you know what we're gonna do today we're gonna get the amp put him in the car and we're gonna go get a job <laughs> i said oh wow you know and when you're a kid you, when you're a kid nothing is impossible you know
1: no so no.
2: we went from hotel to hotel fernando and we wow. talked to whoever it was and we says and we would say, we're a band, we're the best, and I want you to hire us, you know. And, and, and some of them said, get out of here. You know? yeah, <laughs> go yeah, back yeah. to your car, go home. <laughs> and so we never gave up. And one night we went to like nine different hotels. And then one hotel, the Americana, looked at us and he says, you want a job? He goes, yeah, well, first you got to play. And so we did an audition and the guy hired us immediately. And, uh, oh. and and I couldn't believe it. And we played once a week in this hotel, which gave me experience, you know, and and gave all the rest of the guys experience. And that lasted like five years. Oh,
1: so we can say that w- that was your first professional experience, right? Yeah. That was my first professional <laughs> With, yeah. experience. Your experience first paid in experience, music, in right? fact. And
2: I was a little underage, you know. So my mother, yeah, yeah. Well, my, okay. mother a, my mother had my mother had to talk to the guy. Oh, and
1: yeah. the <laughs> tell me about it. <laughs> I was sixteen years old. I was out on the street, you know, in Venezuela. Oh right. my yeah. Sixteen. Sixteen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I,
2: I was that. fifteen years old. Oh okay. And, Sorry. <laughs> no, and, 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 and you know that that's about the same age as, as how I started and uh
1: But you did a lot of things in, in Puerto Rico when you were there. Your like your tenure with the Bobby Valentino Orchestra was at that time or was later?
2: Yes, no. It was much later. Of course, I was about about uh, eighteen oh, by then. You
1: haven't moved to New York City yet.
2: No, no, I haven't. I was with Bobby Valentín. Then I was with Perico Ortiz, and and then I was with Papa Luca for about three oh, years, two years. Perico
1: had a band at that time.
2: Perico had a band. We had a band that was like a fusion Latin band.
1: Oh, that was before he came to play with Mongo, right? That's correct. That's correct. We had a fusion oh. Latin band me oh. and
2: Perico and I, and it was incredible. And, and Papo Luca uh, created another fusion band, and I joined the band. But I, I wasn't there playing, I was a, a oh, singer. You, you know? were a singer all so, the time.
1: Oh, okay. all the time, okay, okay. I
2: was a, sing- I was a singer with Bobby Valentín, and then I was a singer with Perico, and I was a singer with Papo Luca. All right, you know? all right. And then so man, we-
1: you, you turned into the band Raíces, well, after after I
2: did all that, uh-huh. this is this is the weird part of the story. Is is that <laughs> after I did all that, right? And I was getting a little bit of a name, a little bit, you know, because mm-hmm. I did mm-hmm. Channel Four and Channel Two and Puerto Rico Telemundo and all that, okay. and and I was doing a lot of television, and getting paid decent, you know, decent. I wouldn't say incredible, but but when you're on television, you get a lot of exposure, you yeah. know. So after all that happened, these these bunch of guys that I knew that in Puerto Rico said to me, Hey, Sammy, um, we're going to New York. I said, really? He goes, yeah. We got offered this gig for three months in New York City, in Scarsdale, New York, playing cover tunes for this club called the Piedmont Inn. Mm-hmm. And I said, I never heard of it. Well, you know, I said, but look, tell your mother I'm gonna talk to your mother. You know, uh, the, one of my guys said he spoke to my mother, and she was really worried about me. You know how Latino parents are. You know? yeah. <laughs> they get my all my emotional. <laughs> 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 they get very emotional. Yeah. So I said, Mom, look, this is my opportunity. I gotta go. You know, I'll stay in touch with you every day. I promise. And so I packed and I left, and we wound up in, at the Piedmont playing in this this club that was very luxurious mm-hmm. and and believe it or not Fernando it, it was that was the time uh, in those years that a lot of the german you know a lot of the nazis that disappeared right okay. that we didn't know they were alive or, or dead mm-hmm. were were living in Scarsdale, of all places and um, and yeah. they would frequent that club you know, and, and so we're doing, we're doing this gig over there, like a month into the gig, and I met this guy who, who, uh, who told me that he was one of the developers of the jet plane, and, uh, I didn't give it any interest, you know, and, uh, and he said, "I'm German," and he, and he was very forthright, and you know, he told me who he was. And then later on, I realized because I wasn't into politics and nothing; I was just a kid that just wanted to play, you know. So I didn't sure. involve myself in any any kind of social, political uh, aspects of, of life. <laughs> <Yeah>. aspect, yes. <laughs> I was I was just into music, but but it was a very after the three months passed. Uh, everybody said, okay, let's go back home. And I met this girl there who kind of got an interest for me and she said, why don't you stay with me and uh, and we'll figure it out here. And so I, I told the guys, look, tell mom that I'm not coming back for a while and I'm going to stay in New York. And so but I did. But let me ask
1: you, at that time you were playing percussion with, with them. You were not singing. I was oh. doing both. I was singing okay. and playing oh, okay. percussion. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, so you were the Conga player and singer with them, and then came to New York
2: yeah, that's correct and uh so so I left and and i said well i I don't know who I'm gonna play with in New York City because <laughs> I was still a young kid, and uh, you know I was fresh out of the boat, you know, yeah, and so the girl you know had a you know she was with me for about two or three months until she got tired of me. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, "Well, I don't see any future with this guy. You know, he's a percussionist, you know, he's too young and my parents who are medical doctors, they're not going to approve of Sammy, you know." Absolutely. And and I understood, so so she said, "But listen, I'll make sure I'll take care of you before I disappear." <laughs> you know? mm. And so she put me in a hotel in Manhattan that was really bad. It was a terrible hotel. And uh and she put me there and uh and I started walking around by myself, and I found Sam Goodies, You know, there was a famous record store.
1: Yeah, the famous a- record and store. And
2: yes. it, it was like eight blocks, nine blocks from where I, where I was staying. And I walked in there.
1: Oh, that one was in Rockefeller Center, right?
2: That's correct. Right next mm, to Radio yeah. City. Yeah, and uh, oh, yeah. but you know, listen. Being a kid, you don't look at Radio City. You don't look at anything. You just, no. I, I just wanted to get a job. I didn't even know anything about <laughs> any of those places. No,
1: no, no. I'm telling you this because that was the first store that I visited when I was in New York City for the first time in 1979. <laughs> yeah, I was a record junkie at the time. Oh
2: my god! Well, listen, I was what, a record mm-hmm. junkie too. So I so figured,
1: ma- yeah. Maybe you were there when I was.
2: Maybe, (laughs) Yeah, right?
1: 1979, I'm sure you were Sammy. I was there before uh, that. Yeah, I was there way before that. I
2: was there way before that. I was there like in 1973 or 74. And I I walked in the store and I was really well-dressed. That's one thing that I always like to dress clean. And I talked to the manager and I said, hey, you're the manager. He goes, yeah. He says, listen. You need to hire me. That's what I said. I don't know why. I said, you need to hire me. And he said, and why is that? I said, because I'm an expert in jazz. All so right. he says, oh, you're an expert in jazz? Really? Okay. All right. Let's go to the office. If you don't answer any of this question, I want you out of my store. I said, okay. So, so he, he, had a, he had a turntable in the office, which was kind of cool, right? And he, and he said, turn around. And I go, okay, okay. And he played me, uh, he played me a tune. He said, just, I'm just going to play two minutes of it, and you tell me who it is. And, and I turned around, and I said, oh, that's Elmo Hope, 1947. Uh, you know, that's on Decca Records, a reissue. <laughs> and he goes, oh, my God, you know, all right, all right. So he puts <laughs> another one. He puts a, a real complicated one, like a real difficult one That for him. He said, he's not going to know this one. And he played, and I heard the first minute, and he goes, oh, yeah, that's Horace Parlan." And he goes, what? What? He says, you're not going to tell me who else is playing. Yeah, I said, Richard Davis on bass. And he goes, okay, stop it, stop it, stop it. Okay, that's enough. I don't want to hear you. I don't want to talk to you anymore. (laughs) And I I was like, you know, just a humble kid. I, I didn't even know, you know, I knew that I knew a lot about about the history of jazz and all that so he gives me ten dollars and he's get, he says go around the block there's a tie store there mm. go, go go buy a tie and come back right now and i bought a tie i was there for three
1: years man oh you you did like Jaco pastorios you know like like i'm the best player in the whole world <laughs> yeah like that's what he yes. did to Zao, you yeah. know yes absolutely yes
2: and I needed the job so bad that I, I, I had to talk like that. And, and I became the manager of the whole jazz department, you know, because uh, I work really hard. But, you know, by that time, Fernando, I wasn't thinking about music. I said to myself, look, if this is what life has in store for me. Then mm-hmm. I'm going to be the best salesman I, that ever was, you know. And I actually resigned myself to that kind of mentality. I wasn't, I wasn't angry. I wasn't bitter. I actually loved doing what I did. And I got records every week. I would go to the hotel mm-hmm. and put yeah. <laughs> my records. Yeah.
0: Grateful
1: is the word. Grateful.
2: I was very <laughs> grateful, you know, in my life that, that I was in New York City. I had a job. It wasn't a, a super job, but I was happy. But the, the thing about that is that when you resign yourself as a human being and you're happy with what you have, then the universe gives you other Absolutely. things. And so while I was there, Fernando, and being happy and being joyful, Herbie Mann walks in the store, you know. Oh, <laughs> and, yeah. and he says to the manager, uh, Hey, I heard that there's a guy here that knows a lot about jazz <laughs> And he says, yeah, I'm the one that knows a lot about jazz. <laughs> and he goes, wait a minute. Are you Sammy? And he goes, no, I'm Bernie. He goes, well, then I don't want to talk to you.
1: Oh, man. <laughs> Just like that.
2: <laughs> and he says, where's Sammy? And he goes, he's in the back. I said, well, go get him. And, and so they send somebody and they say, hey, Sammy, Mr. Herbie Mann wants to talk to oh. you. I said, to me? And So my name was, was getting around. All over New York is the, the guy that knew a lot about jazz, you know, mm. even in the stores, right? So, All right? so so, he comes up to me and he goes, are you Sammy? I go, yeah, Herbie. He goes, hey, nice to meet you. I said, "I said it's an honor to meet you. I'm a big fan. I'm so happy that I'm talking to you. He goes, oh, don't worry, kid. I says, I I, I got a lot of questions to ask you. So he said, could you turn me on to some Brazilian jazz, like the, the new one, the cutting edge? What do you got? And so I, I turn him on to Zimbo Trio, you know, and all those mm. groups that were San Balanco Trio also was yeah. another one. And these groups were coming out of Rio and Sao Paulo. And so he took it home and he and I didn't see him again for three months. And I said, Oh well, that was it. You know, I met him once. That was that was nice. And he comes back three months later with his wife, Connie, and he says, Sammy, hey man, I love those records. This is my wife, Connie. And she loved it, too. Do you have any more different kind of stuff? And I gave him Opa. Remember Opa? From Uruguay? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uruguay. Uruguay, Russo brothers.
2: And and Ruben Mm -hmm. Rada and all those Ruben Rada, yeah. And so he took it home, man. He went nuts. And he came back. So he came back about three or four times. By the fourth time, he invited me to lunch. And at lunch... You know, he says, "Hey, Sammy, let me ask you this question, and hypothetically, do you play anything?" (laughs) (laughs) I said, "Well, Herbie, I play percussion. You okay? You play congas?" I said, "Yeah," and and I'm a vocalist, you know. And he said, "But you play congas?" (laughs) I said, "You're not supposed to."
1: Okay, <laughs> See you yeah, and, God, and, I, congas. and he <laughs> said,
2: how good are you? I go, I have no clue you would be the judge of that. I, I don't oh, know. Man. And he said, well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to put it to the test and I'm going to give you an opportunity. I want you to come tonight to Sweet Basil's and you're going to sit with me and play. And I said, oh, my God. He said, you have congas? I said, yeah. He said, okay, bring them to the club. I'll help you in. Bah, bah, bah. I get there. I, I, I get my... My two congas on the train, <laughs> on, a train mm-hmm. on a rainy day, Fernando. And, okay. and I'm carrying these congas. What I did was that one of the guys in the store that worked with me, Mario, he mm-hmm. said, I'll help you. I'll, I, I want to go see this. this I, I wouldn't miss this for nothing in the world. <laughs> it's, it's Sammy from Sam Goodies is going to play with Hurry Man. Yeah. This is crazy. And, yeah. and so he helped me. And, and we both carried a conga uh, on, on the train. And they were all wet,
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I had no cases,
2: and so oh, I walked yeah. you know, I get off the train and I walk like a block, and we get to the to the club, and herbie runs out, the place was packed, Fernando, and he mm. runs out and he and I said, herbie, they're all wet, I said, don't don't worry, I'll take care of it," and he dries them up and blah blah blah, and we waited like a half an hour till the congas were dry, and then we hit at nine o'clock and he and he said, "We're going to play." We're going to play a classic tune, Manteca, so don't worry, that's an easy tune. I said, oh, wonderful, Manteca,
1: great.
2: Mm-hmm. And he didn't tell me who was playing, you know, I guess he didn't want to make me a nervous wreck.
1: I mean, at that time, you you, you didn't know who, with with who you were playing, right? No,
2: no, no, he didn't want to tell no me. No names, either. no nothing. He didn't want to say a word for none. Okay. <laughs> <You know?
1: laughs>
0: Listen to WLIW 88.3 FM in Southampton, New York. Also heard on WLIW.org slash radio. Stay tuned and continue to listen to the Jam Session Radio Hours uh, interview by Fernando Valladerez of Sammy Figueroa. So yeah, yeah, yeah. so so
2: I take a solo, he gives me a solo, and the people were like applauding. You know, it's the first time I ever got an applaud like that in my life. And, and he said, great. Th- then we played another tune. And by the end, he says, I want to thank, you know, all of you for coming, blah, 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 these are the musicians, and on drums, Steve Gat. And oh, I said, oh, wow. my God. <laughs> and I was listening to Steve Gat with Hubert Laws, yeah. with You Name It, with everybody, yeah. with Chuck Mangione, you know, You Name It. And I said, oh, God. He said, I didn't want to tell you because I didn't want to make you nervous wreck. So he was acting like a father yeah. to me you know yeah and he was very kind and then and then and then Fernando after I did that wonderful gig you know he pulls out and he gives me a hundred dollars right which mm. which at that time was a lot of money you know and he gives me a hundred dollars yeah. yeah. and I said oh my god I could pay my hotel now you know with this money and, and, and that by was by like, and I'll like have enough.
1: 1976 75 oh no no way before
2: that no oh, yeah? that was in 1974 oh, yeah? okay like that All right. you know and so I did that, and then he says to me, "Hey, you want to go to Europe with me?" And I said, "To Europe? No, this was nineteen seventy six. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Okay, right. Okay, and and I said, but I don't have a passport. And he goes, "My wife will take care of that for you." I said, "But Herbie, if I do this, what about my job at, at the store? You know, I've been there for two or three years now, and..." You know, I'm gonna lose my job, I'm not gonna have any place He says, Look, look, Sammy, I'll take care of that. Don't worry. He says, You live in a hotel? I said, Yeah. So Herbie came to my to the hotel. <laughs> I was so embarrassed, you know. Oh. And he go and he walks in and he goes, You live in this dump? And I said, Yeah. And when he came to the room, he came to the room, he go, I'm getting you out of here right now.
1: <laughs> Man, but let me tell you, this is like the real meaning of the phrase musical father, you know? It says, I mean, it, it, it describes him as a person, most of the... Yeah, yeah it think, was right? like a
2: fairy tale, you know? It, it, was, it was like, a, yeah. I, I went mean, from one extreme to the other, you know? What,
1: what he did What he did for you. Incredible. Nobody does that no, easily no. I, today
2: he was so my godfather. So yes. you you went to Europe with him. Well, he he packed my stuff up. That was the whole thing. He helped me pack, and and uh, and uh, and I wound up living in his house, you know, in Park oh. Avenue, which he had this huge penthouse, you know. I went from from a dump to a penthouse, <laughs> and I had my own room. Right. And I said, "But Herbie, how am I going to pay you for this?" He goes, "You're not going to pay me anything." What I want you to do is play with my band, and then when you, when you make enough money, you get a place, and that's it.
0: That's it.
2: And so I lived with Herbie for about six months, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we went to Europe, and that was my first time, I mean, in my life. I, you know, I go to Europe with Herbie, but everybody was playing in that festival, the Montreux Jazz Festival in, 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 uh, in Switzerland. I mean, everybody, everybody that you could imagine was there, from the average white band to to Luther. I mean, it was the first time Luther came out as a solo artist, Luther Vandross. Mm -hmm. And and so all these people were there. You know, I can go down the list of all the names. What happened in, in Switzerland, Fernando, is that once a band saw me playing they loved my playing so much that each band invited me to play with them every day. Oh, so every time I played, Fernando, I made five hundred dollars, right?
1: Oh, that, that's and, great. And so, by the end of the week, I had ten thousand dollars. And wow. oh, they invited you to play with them, not a solo. No, uh, no, something no. Else. They invited or, or a No, jam? no. no or they invited me each band, and Herbie said, "Do
2: it. Make the money. Do it." And because they were all at different times and different days,
1: man. But that you know, I don't remember nobody doing that. I mean, they are always Amazing. leaders. Are always jealous with their musicians, right? I don't want you to play with anybody or whatever. Oh no, no. no.
2: no, no. Herbie was like, I was really blessed, Fernando. I was yes, I was, yes, I was, I was just blessed, and I, and so, I'm so now.
1: Happy to hear you. Telling oh this yeah. To me.
2: So now I see $10,000. Now, i never seen that kind of money in my life, right? Mm. So I was really scared. I was happy but kind of nervous. And I, and, I, and I went to Herbie and I said, Herbie, could you take this money and put it away for me? And he said, you want me to put the I said, I, I I never seen that much money in my life and you're like my father. Take it. He goes, okay, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll take the money to New York and I'm going to give you an allowance right now. Okay? Oh. And 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 when you... When we get back to New York, I'm going to open a bank account for you and I'm going to put this money in there.
1: Just like a father. Like that, you know? yes. yes.
2: And he gave me some money to hang out, you know, to eat and all that stuff. He gave me like four or five hundred bucks. And, and I was thrilled. But this is what happened when the gig was over. After a week, you know, Herbie, we're going... We're getting ready to go back to New York. And and the leader of Average White Band, Hamish Stewart, came up to me.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And at that time, they have all they had already won three Grammy Awards, you know? Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. were huge.
1: That was a time and, and for to, pick up the pieces and stuff, right? All okay. of that, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And but so... Uh, yeah, it wasn't at that time that they didn't have a percussion player. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but they didn't have a... Steady percussion player. I mean, Ray Barreto did did play with them, right? Ray Barreto did one record. One record, yes. A white album. Right, Mm -hmm. but but that was it. That was it. You know? That was it. And then Sammy came. (laughs) Well, you know, he said, You want.
2: Hamish said to me, Man, I love the way you play. Blah, blah, blah. I'd love for you to join the band. He didn't say, He said, Join. I said, Join the band. <clears throat> oh my god this guy's serious he said look we're going on the road herbie and you are supposed to leave tomorrow we'll change your ticket if you want we'll talk to herbie so they did they went two of the guys went to herbie and asked permission if they could use me and herbie said how long and they said three months and they said herbie came up to me and said do it sammy this is going to make your name and, and this is going to do it for you. When you come back, your room is still there. We'll figure out some more gigs I'm going to do.
0: Thanks so much once again for joining us. Um, again, really interesting night, really interesting discussion. So much education here about jazz uh, from the point of view of historians, instrumentalists, uh, composer, arranger, producers. These two guys, um, uh, what a what a matchup. Um, we th- want to thank others, silvano Monasterios, for the use of his tune "Tropical Mirage" as our intro and outro. We want to thank Rafael Alvarez for his great work in engineering and production. Uh, we also want to thank, uh, of course, Fernando uh, Viedeles and Sammy Figueroa for uh, for doing this for us. Uh, we want to thank Klaas Brondal, our music director. We want to thank WLIW, uh, just one of the best stations um, uh, around. And luckily for us, coming from Southampton, New York. So, thanks again from the Jam Session Radio Hour. Thanks for being with us. I'm your host, John Landis. Enjoy your evening. Stay well. And uh, we'll catch you soon. Take care. Good night.